Welcome to Mariner's Church Weekend Message Podcast, inspiring people to follow Jesus and fearlessly change the world. Discover your purpose and get connected by visiting marinerschurch.org or click the link in the show notes. Merry Christmas. I'm so glad that you were with us to celebrate Christmas with Mariner's Church. What is the greatest Christmas present you have ever received? I asked my youngest daughter, Evie, that a few weeks ago, and without hesitation, she said the Barbie doll house that she received a few years ago. And I remember this Christmas. She had wanted this present for so long. She came and she opened the gift on Christmas morning, and she just yelled out shouts of joy. The shrieks were so loud that it shook the windows and summoned cats from the neighborhood to our front yard. The deep sigh of relief that, yes, I received what I asked for. Now, she had other presents that Christmas morning as well, but they pretty much sat in boxes on the side while she played nonstop the entire day with her Barbie doll house. The greatest gift ever, she says. So where is the greatest gift that Evie's ever received today? Where is this gift now? She sold it. She sold it. This year, Evie sold the greatest gift she reportedly has ever received at Christmas time. And the reason she sold it is because Evie wanted to redecorate her room. And we said, you have to pay for it with your own money. And so she looked at her most valuable possession, the Barbie doll house, and offered it up. And to sweeten the deal, included the Barbie Porsche sports car. And Kay, my wife, put it on offer up and some random stranger showed up at our house. And here it was, the Barbie house on our front porch. And she sold the greatest gift ever. Now, you know, it's not gonna end there. The cycle is gonna continue. This new kid is gonna play with the Barbie doll house. And in a couple of years, it will get flipped on Craigslist. And eventually it will get sold in a neighborhood garage sale where parents fight and fuss and haggle with complete strangers for an entire day to earn $2 an hour, which is a complete waste of time. It may be the most foolish thing any of us do in 2022 is participate in a neighborhood garage sale, but that's beside the point. The point of the story is that this extremely valuable gift, the greatest gift ever, moved from being what filled her heart with wonder and awe to being on our front porch, sold to a stranger, to being flipped on Craigslist, to making a neighborhood garage sale, to one day making a trash dump. It's gonna be in a dumpster fire one day. And so is many of our greatest Christmas gifts of all time. Merry Christmas. I mean, this is the reality. The Christmas gifts that we receive often they lose value over time. And what we had wonder for, we lose wonder for those things. Now, maybe because you are watching at Christmas time, and I'm so glad that you're with us, you're expecting me, because I'm a preacher, to say, hey, Jesus is the greatest gift, and he indeed is. Jesus is the greatest. He is Emmanuel. He is God with us. He arrived here into our world. And because Jesus arrived and lived perfectly, those of us who 
trust him. We receive his forgiveness and his perfection because Jesus died on the cross for our sins. He takes all of our sin and shame upon himself. And the punishment that was ours was his. Jesus was punished in our place. He was born that men no more may die. He was born to raise us up from earth and born to give us second birth. Jesus indeed is the greatest gift. And then now maybe you're expecting that I'm gonna say, and Jesus is the greatest gift that we never lose wonder and awe for. But let's be honest, we lose wonder and awe for Jesus. I know this is true in my heart. My heart is prone to wander away from wonder, prone to wander from the God I love. My heart is prone to wander away from being filled with wonder for who Jesus is. I've seen this in my own heart even this year. I remember last Christmas, I was so excited and grateful to gather with people from Mariner's Church. We had outdoor worship services and it rained during two of the outdoor worship services last Christmas. And I didn't care. I was just so thrilled and glad and grateful to be with people from Mariners worshiping Jesus. I remember getting in my Jeep, driving home and saying, God, I'm never gonna take this for granted again. I am never gonna take for granted that we get to be together to sing to you and remember you and think of you. I'm never gonna take it for granted. But then a couple of weeks ago at church, I sensed in my self that I was taking this for granted. My heart is prone to lose its wonder. Even though Jesus is the greatest gift, I can lose wonder for him. And when my wonder decreases, my worry always increases. When my sense of awe and appreciation for Jesus goes down, my anxiety over lesser things go up, goes up. And the same is true for you. When we lose wonder for Jesus, we lose a sense of gratitude and the lesser things in life, they frustrate us and aggravate us more. Our lives are filled with more joy and more true and real happiness, the more we are filled with wonder for the greatest gift there is, Jesus. And when our wonder for the greatest gift, Jesus, goes down, our anxiousness over lesser gifts that don't satisfy and don't quench, those, that anxiety goes up. So you're happier, you are filled with more joy when you have sustained wonder for the greatest gift, Jesus. Which then causes us to ask the question, well, how do I prohibit my wonder for Jesus from decreasing? And if you are new to the Christian faith, I'm so glad that you are checking us out this Christmas. And maybe this is like a new concept for you. For those of us who have walked with Jesus, who are Christians, we know this to be true. The most joyful seasons in our lives are the seasons where we are valuing Jesus as the greatest gift for us. That's when we are filled with the most joy. So how do we keep that? How do we not lose our wonder? C.S. Lewis, he wisely said this, that people need to be reminded more than they need to be instructed. So more than you need to be instructed this Christmas, 
to have wonder for Jesus, you need to be reminded of why we have wonder and awe and appreciation for Jesus and the message of Christmas. So we're gonna look at one passage of scripture today that's gonna help us recapture our wonder for the beauty of Christmas, the beauty of Jesus. This is 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 10 through 12. Notice what the word of God says. This is written by Peter, one of Jesus' disciples. The scripture says, concerning this salvation. Now Jesus' name means salvation. Jesus is the savior. And this is about Jesus. This is about Christmas. This is about his salvation. Concerning this salvation, the prophets who prophesied about the grace, this is Jesus, our ultimate grace, that would come to you, searched and carefully investigated. They inquired into what time or what circumstances the Spirit of Christ within them was indicating when he testified in advance to the sufferings of Christ and the glories that would follow. It was revealed to them that they were not serving themselves, but you. These things have now been announced to you through those who preach the gospel to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven. Angels long to catch a glimpse of these things. Now, in this passage, it's the only time in the Bible when you see prophets and angels in the same section of scripture. And in this passage, both the prophets and the angels are filled with wonder and longing for the same thing. The prophets and the angels are filled with wonder and awe and longing for the greatest gift, the gift that those of us who are Christians have already received. They are longing to understand grace. Prophets and angels are longing about this salvation, the grace, Jesus, that has come here for us. Prophets and angels. Prophets. If you are new to studying the scripture, you, you, that may be a new term, but here's what a prophet was. A prophet in the Old Testament was one who God used to write down a prophecy about the coming Messiah, about Jesus. And so the prophets, they were inspired by the Holy Spirit. They wrote down these prophecies and, and then they would look and try to figure out when this is gonna happen. When is the arrival of the Messiah, the arrival of Jesus going to take place? See, the prophets knew, they had a sense that they needed to be rescued just as we need to be rescued. So they would write down this prophecy and they would fill with such passion and awe. Like, when is this gonna happen? This is so beautiful, what they wrote. But they didn't know when it was gonna take place. So they kept searching, carefully investigating they wanted to see when the Christmas account would happen before the Christmas account actually happened. In the Old Testament, the prophets, they wrote down hundreds of prophecies about Jesus. And the picture is they're stepping back and they're in awe of the prophecies that they wrote down. Hundreds of prophecies were written about Jesus. And I wanna give you just a scrolling look at 30 of those prophecies. So hundreds written down, let's, let's scroll through 30, and I'm gonna stop on eight of the prophecies written about Jesus. Now, in the scriptures you're gonna see on the screen, the first scripture is the Old Testament prophet writing down that prophecy, and then the second scripture is 
the fulfillment. So Jesus comes and fulfills all of these prophecies that were written about him. So scroll through 30, I'm gonna stop on eight. Let's look at this. He would be a descendant of Abraham, a descendant of David. He would be born in Bethlehem. And all of these happened. Jesus, descendant of Abraham, descendant of David, born in Bethlehem. He would work miracles. He would be betrayed for 30 pieces of silver. His hands and his feet would be pierced. And indeed they were, that is crucifixion. His garments would be torn and lots cast for them. He would rise from the dead. And all of these prophecies were fulfilled in Jesus. Hundreds written about him, scrolling through 30, stopping on eight just now. Why did I stop on eight? Here's why we read eight. There was a professor at Westmont College named Peter Stoner, and he led a team of researchers to answer the question, what is the probability that one person could fulfill eight prophecies written hundreds of years beforehand? What's the probability that one person, eight prophecies, written hundreds of years before could be fulfilled in one person. And the team of researchers concluded, the likelihood is one in 10 to the 17th power, which is a huge number. It's actually this number right here. That's how unlikely it is that one person could fulfill eight prophecies written hundreds of years before. In fact, let me show you how unlikely this is. Imagine the state of Texas is filled with quarters two feet deep throughout the entire state. And one of the quarters has a red dot placed on the quarter and it's thrown in, it's tossed into all of the quarters throughout the entire state. You are then blindfolded and told you can walk the entire state of Texas and stoop down and pick up one of the quarters. And the probability that you would pick the one quarter with a red dot on it is one in 10 to the 17th power. That's how unlikely it is that one person could fulfill eight prophecies written about them hundreds of years before. Which means for us to believe that Jesus arrived here for us as our grace and as our salvation, this is an act of faith in us, an act of mercy of God towards us. But it's also, according to the researchers, a verifiable fact. Jesus indeed arrived here for us. The prophets wrote down all of these prophecies about this reality, and they were so hungry to figure out when is it gonna happen because they so badly wanted to know what you know. They wanted to know grace. Concerning this salvation, the prophets were filled with awe, but it wasn't only the prophets. It was the angels as well. Angels long to catch a glimpse of these things. Now, this is a fascinating sentence in the scripture. Angels long to know the Christmas story? I mean, don't angels already know the Christmas story? Didn't angels have a front row seat to all the events of Christmas? I mean, when you read the scripture, you see that angels surround the accounts of Christmas. It was an angel 
who showed up to Mary, the virgin, and announced to Mary that she is going to be with child and she's gonna give birth to the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, the one who's gonna sit on the throne of David. It was an angel who told Mary this news. It was an angel who showed up to Joseph, the man that she was engaged to be married to. And it was the angel that told Joseph, listen, Mary's telling you the truth. The child she is carrying is indeed from the Holy Spirit. And Joseph, you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. And Jesus means savior and he's the savior who's gonna rescue people. It was an angel who found shepherds in a field at night, the unlikely, the group of people who felt unworthy, which is a reminder to us that Christmas is for those of us who know we are unworthy. And the angel tells the shepherds, I have good news and it's great joy for you. Today for you, a savior is born. So angels were always surrounding the accounts of Christmas, but yet this verse says, they long to get a glimpse of these things? What are they missing? What did the angels not get? That they have this longing to understand what you know. What do you know that the angels don't know? See, the angels know many of God's attributes. Angels are very familiar with the power of God because God has given angels power and he uses them in mighty ways. Angels are very familiar with the holiness of God. They are sinless. They have not sinned and they are, according to the scripture, around the throne at different times and they are declaring that God is holy. Angels know his sovereignty. They saw him arrange all the events of the Christmas account. The angels know his love as God lovingly included them and invited them to be a part. But there's one attribute of God that the angels do not know and they long to look into these things. The one attribute that the angels do not know is the attribute of God that is central to the passage we read and that is his grace. The angels mentally know of God's grace. They've seen the Christmas account unfold, but they have never tasted his grace. Not the way we have, those of us who belong to him. They have never tasted his grace because angels have never been forgiven. They have not wandered away from God. There are no saved angels, no angels who have been rescued. There are angels who have fallen and they will not be rescued. And then there are the angels that are in this passage, angels who are with God now, and they long to look into these things. They long to know what you know. They long to know grace. They look at you and they realize that you get what it means to be rescued, to have all of your sins forgiven, to be given everlasting life, to be restored to God. And they long to know what you know. You know, sometimes we like to think, man, it would be cool to be an angel. I could fly, I could get from point A to point B really quickly, wouldn't have to go through air travel, I could do powerful things. I could walk through walls. I could show up and be invisible in places. We, we can sometimes get fascinated with angels. But according to this passage, the angels are fascinated by what we have received. They look at you and they long to know what you know. 
In fact, I wanna really help you understand this, kids and big kids alike. This is why the angels long to look into these things. So these are the angels, they are without sin. They are perfect and they, are, they walk in holiness alongside God. This is us and we are not perfect because every single one of us, we have disobeyed God and when we have gone our own way and we've wandered away from him and found joy in things other than him, the scripture calls this sin. Sin has entered our lives. And so we're very different from the angels. They are the holy ones and we are not. And we can't fix this problem ourselves. Now, many of us, we try to cover the outside of our lives. You know, like we try to make the outside of the package look awesome, but we know deep down, we've been unable to rid ourselves of our guilt, our shame, our foolishness, our sin. We cannot fix the problem. But Christmas is the glorious account that Jesus, the pure and holy one of God, loved us so much that he stepped into this world, that he entered this world for us to rescue us. And those of us who believe in him, he not only stepped into this world, Jesus steps into our lives. And when we receive him, he takes away all of our sin and our shame and we are rescued. We are made one with God and the angels long to look into these things. They long to know what we know. They long to know grace because the greatest gift is grace. The greatest gift is grace. One of the rabbit holes on YouTube that you can go down and is actually very touching is when military fathers who have bravely served our country, they return home. And there's been this separation between, physically, between the dad and the son or the dad and the daughter. And when the father comes home, there is restoration. Take a look. If that doesn't choke you up, you don't have a soul. My goodness. And that is a very different picture from when I show up at home in the afternoons. And when I come home, that is not what happens. My kids don't run to me. I'm lucky to get a few grunts from my daughters. 
The only one in my family who treats me that way is my dog, Roscoe. He is so jacked to see me every single time. And my daughters would say this. They'd say, Daddy, I just saw you this morning. I just saw you now. So because there wasn't this separation between my daughters and me, there's not this longing for me to be home. But when there has been separation, there's a longing for restoration. And this is the beautiful news of Christmas, that we wandered away, that we, he didn't leave, we left, that we left our heavenly father, that we walked away and pursued joy in things other than him, things that don't satisfy, but God in his great mercy, God the Father sent God the Son to this world for us. He stepped here for us. He arrived and now we are restored and the angels long to understand what we know because we know the greatest gift and the greatest gift is grace. And here's really good news that we can remind ourselves of this Christmas. Not only did he arrive the first time at Christmas, he arrived and he made us right with God. He arrived and he removed our sin. But we still live in a world that's filled with pain and strife and struggle. But he's gonna arrive a second time. A second time he's coming. And he returns here. And when he arrives the second time, he makes all things new. And the angels once again are gonna long to look into these things as every tear will be wiped from our eyes and the angels are gonna be filled with awe because they haven't had tears wiped from their eyes because they haven't need restoration, but we sure have. We need Jesus to come and fix it all, to make all things new. And we have the greatest gift the greatest gift is grace. His first arrival is about grace. His second arrival is about grace. Your dad is one day coming home and he's going to get you and make everything right and new. You can count on that promise because he delivered on the first promise and he's gonna deliver on the second promise. The greatest gift is grace. Merry Christmas to you. All right, extend your hands, please, and let me pray a prayer of blessing over you as we go. Jesus, I pray you'd bless your sons and daughters this week, that you would remind them that you are gentle and approachable and that you love them. Cause your face to shine on them. I pray they will experience your mercy and your joy this new week. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Go in peace, have a great week. Thanks for tuning in to the Mariner's Weekend Message Podcast. To support the ministry of Mariner's Church, you can click the link in the show notes or download the Mariner's app at your favorite app store. If you've been navigating God's wisdom with us through this year's annual read and would like to hear personal reflections from pastors in your community, check out the Gospel Everyday Podcast. Imagine feeding your heart, mind, and soul with the kind of practical wisdom that will change your life. If you haven't picked up the annual read yet, visit marinerschurch.org or download the Mariners app for more information on where to find it.